You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, by now your Bible ought to just fall open to Romans. Uh, Chapter 7 is where we are in this lesson. Uh, We've seen what Bible scholars call the gallery of portraits in Romans. Chapter 1, 2, and 3, we see a portrait of a lost man. His head down, inexcusable, full of guilt. Then in chapter 4 and 5, we see the justified man. That same person, but this portrait has his head up, peace that passes understanding, righteousness through Christ, access to God. Chapter 6, we see the portrait of a victorious man. Smile on a face, delivered from the law, delivered from slavery uh, to sin, uh, standing perfect before God. And then we get to chapter 7 and it doesn't fit. We see Paul as victorious. We see him as a missionary, a great evangelist. I mean, just the, the man of all men, I mean, the writer of a huge portion of the New Testament, and he's just, he's Paul. And then we get to chapter 7, and it really is the truth of the Christian life. And I, I think that's what I, I so love the most about the Bible is, is it, you know, if you're, if you're writing a book about heroes, you never tell about the bad side of them. You, you know, you never tell about the downside of them. You, you don't, you, you know, you seldom hear pastors stand up and say, look, I fight the same thing you fight. You know, it's like we want to be somewhere and super spiritual. And here Paul just, boy, he just lays it out on the table for us. And man, chapter seven is, is such an eye-opening chapter for us as believers. I, I'm really looking forward to this lesson. Chapter six, verse 17 Chapter 6, verse 17, thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now, you, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Well, that's theory. You wholeheartedly obey this teaching. Well, that, yes, that's what we want to be doing. We've got a hold of that. But, but there is a practical side of the Christian life that we have struggles and we all have a sin nature, and, and we got to fight that sin nature. And to act like we don't, and I'm going to get into this in a few minutes, is a recipe for real trouble in your life. If you don't recognize the sin nature, well, you're set up for real problems in your life. Let's get into this, chapter 7. Now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living? For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her. So while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ, and now you're united with one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us. 
And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. But now we've been released from the law for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. Well, then I'm suggesting the law of God is sinful. Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would have never known that coveting was wrong if the law had not said, you must not covet. But sin used this command to arouse all kind of covetous desires within me. If there were no law, sin would, have not, would not have that power. At one time, I lived without understanding of the law. But when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came into life. And I died. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, wrought spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me. But still, the law itself is holy, and its commands are holy and right and good. How can that be? Did the law, which is good, cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation to death, so we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's good commands for its own evil purposes. Okay, we start out here. And the first thing to say, this is chapter, chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. It's not a teaching on marriage. It is an explanation. He's using that as an example. The law, when death comes, it allows a person to be free. Okay, follow down with me. In verse 3, an explanation of our freedom. In verse 4, we were made to die to the law. In Christ, we died to the guilt of our wrongdoing, and we've been free from the law's control in our life. Verse 5, we were at one point married to lust and greed and selfishness and anger and temper. We're we're married to a sin nature. Verse 6, the dominion of the law, that is the requirement for us to live perfect in our life, That's erased. We don't have that requirement hanging over us. Now, we don't live under that law, the regulation of the law. It says, the the word in my translation, released from the law, because we're now married to Christ. Okay, verse 7. Okay, what are we going to say? The law sinful? Of course not. Now, let's talk about all of this. I don't want to go back and reteach last lesson. If you missed last lesson, you just got to go hear the last two we've talked about. You have to hear the last two. Foundational Christian stuff. But I don't want to go back and reteach, but he continues to go over and over and build on this point to make sure that we understand that. There are some benefits that we get from the law, verse 7. The first one is the law defines sin. Okay, is the law bad since it shows us sin? Since the law reveals sin, I wouldn't have known coveting was wrong if the law hadn't told me. I got a good idea. Let's do away with the law. Then coveting will be okay. See, let's just do away. We died to the law. Now we can just go out here and live in whatever sin we want to live. You're free to live however you want to live. You just come in here and let's worship God and praise him and you just live however you want to live because we've all died to the law. The, the law was not given as a lifestyle. It was given to define sin for us. It shows us what sin is. See, when you look at the law, it tells you what is right and what is wrong. Now, Paul said, I wouldn't have known coveting was bad if it was not for the law. 
Okay, we've got this modern day idea and a lot of preachers are preaching this. Then just do away with the law and then coveting is okay. See, your life would be really in shambles and you wouldn't know. Let me give you this example. My wife just got back this afternoon. We had an MRI. Okay, she, she doesn't know what's wrong with her knee. I don't know what's wrong with my knee. See, people don't know what's wrong in their life. I'm not happy. I'm miserable. Life is not working for me. I don't know what's wrong in my life. The law will show you what's wrong in your life. See, if you wasn't living with this person that you're not married to, see if you weren't, see if you weren't stealing, if you weren't, see the law shows me why I'm miserable. See, Terry had this MRI on her knee today. The MRI is not bad, but it's going to show us why she's got problems. That's what the law does. It shows you why you've got some problems. Well, I was fine before I took the MRI. No, you weren't fine. You, you were hurting. You just didn't know why you were hurting. Well, let's just do away with all MRIs, and then we won't know we got a meniscus tear. Well, you need to know so you can know what you need to do to get out of this mess that you're in in your life. Just do away with the law, and then we can all sleep with each other. See, just do away with the law, and we can all do whatever we want to do. No, 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 no. You'll be very unhappy. Your life will be miserable. You won't, life won't be working for you, and you won't know why it's not working for you. Is the law bad? Not any worse than an MRI. Now, we're not made to live on MRIs, but it will show you what your problem is. Is that you're getting this? The law shows us why life isn't working. Why are the cops always after me? Well, the law will show you why. The law's not bad. It just shows you why you're always in trouble. Okay, just do away with the law and we're okay. If we do away with the law, it's still not going to work for everybody to steal from one another. Well, let's just take, and we are, we've seen a perfect example of that. Let's just defund the police while all hell breaks loose. Okay, if we don't have police chasing everybody around, then we'll all be okay. No, you won't be okay. You won't be okay at all. Verse 8, let's move on. The law provokes sin. See, when the law says don't covet, then that sin nature wants to arouse and, and, and that lets you know you've got something in your heart to deal with. See, this is not a negative thing. This is a positive thing. And we look, at, uh, we look at having surgery as a real bad thing. No, surgery is a good thing because it enables you to live the rest of your life free from that problem that you had before the surgery. Well, let's just get rid of surgery. Boy, they hurt. That's painful. I, that's painful. Well, you go through surgery to get you living a better life. See, the law shows me this. It brings out my sin nature. Then I can deal with that thing. Now I can live a much happier life. Nine, well, let's read this. Verse nine. At one time I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought a spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. 
it used the commands to kill me, but still the law itself is holy and his commands are holy and right and good. Well, how can that be? Did the law, which is good, cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation. So now we can see how terrible really sin is. And that's the purpose God wants you to see, how bad sin really is. This isn't, oh, we just had such fun. No, you didn't have fun. You didn't have fun at all. You woke up with your head in the toilet. You woke up, lost your job. Whenever you came to, your, everybody that had loved you before had walked out on your life. I mean, no, that wasn't a fun party. See, and that's what the law does. It shows you you're not really having the life that you think you are. Now, positionally, we are pure before God and we're bound to heaven. That doesn't change. Our position doesn't change. Yet at the same time, daily we're working out our salvation, getting a handle on this sin nature that wants to wreck our life. Now, many don't understand this today. And I I listen to pastors. I hear pastors that, that are preaching about being free from the law. You died, you're dead, you're free from the law. Jesus' death just sets us free from the law. This does not mean that you go on sinning. Now, we're not coming up and we're not teaching people the correct biblical understanding of being free from the law. All right, now, let me see if I I want to explain this as, as simple as I can to you. There is a law that says, I am not to steal. Okay? There's a law that says that. I'm not to steal. Except for... Paul and Angela have been sitting right here this whole time. I'm watching them on camera from backstage. They're here during worship. During that 20 minutes of worship, I run across the street and steal their TV. And I'd be back and nobody will know. I've been free from the law. Okay, here's what chapter 7 is saying. When that old nature dies... What it means to be free from the law doesn't mean that I'm free to keep on sinning. What that means is I am not bound by the law that tells me don't go steal Paul's TV. What I'm bound by is the love in my heart for Paul and I would never want to go and steal his TV. So the law does not have a control over me any longer. The new nature of love inside you is what keeps me from going over and stealing Paul and Angela's TV. But the law is still here. The law is still here. And we can't continue in the pulpit to tell people Jesus paid the price for every sin. All sin has been forgiven. Because we'll just all run around here and steal everybody's TVs. Okay, do you see? And he keeps saying, of course not. Don't come up with that conclusion. Now, here is the law. Don't steal. But does everybody understand? I'm not being controlled by the law. It wasn't the law that kept me from sneaking out and running across the street, breaking into their house. The law didn't keep me from doing that. My new nature that doesn't want to be a thief kept me from doing that. But the law is still here. Well, what good does the law do? What good does the law do? It shows you where you're wrong when you get in the flesh and out of being spirit-led. So the fact that I'm no no longer controlled by the law, 
Well, that doesn't mean that I go out here and live an unholy, ungodly life. I'm no longer controlled by the law means it's not the law that's keeping me from stealing or getting drunk or shooting somebody. It's not the law that's keeping me from doing that. Now I'm controlled by love, not the law. Is this making sense? We've got to get a hold of this because there, there is, uh, we're, we're, missing a, we're missing connecting this. This is the Christian life. The Christian life is not being law controlled. I can't live, don't do this and don't do that and don't do this and don't. We tried that for 4,000 years. I can't live with a whole list of don'ts. I have to have a new nature that doesn't want to anymore. You don't have to, don't go steal Paul's TV. Now, don't you steal Paul's TV. Don't you steal. I don't have to come in here every Sunday and have a preacher saying, don't you steal Paul's TV. Don't you steal Paul's TV. I don't have to be told that every Sunday because I've got a new nature and I don't want to. I don't want to live in sin any longer. That's not a desire that's in me. Now, before you're born again, you desired to sin. You started talking on Monday who was going to bring what to the party on Friday night so y'all could all sin. You started planning where out in the woods y'all were all going to get together so the cops couldn't find you while you, you planned all week on the sinning on Friday night. You and your boyfriend planned all week on how you, you and your, are you hearing this? I don't want to do that anymore. That's not the life that I want to live, but that doesn't mean the law is not still here and still in effect. And we got to understand this. When you are law controlled, and parents, this is what's got to happen in kids' life. The Bible tells us the law is a schoolmaster. It controls us. That's what parents do. Don't you do that? If you do, okay. So, you know, we're controlling the kid by the law. But at some point along their life, they have to come to know Jesus for themselves. They have to have a spiritual encounter with the presence of the Lord so that a born-again experience takes place in their heart and now they are being spirit-led and no longer being law-controlled. And the reason that has to happen is you can't follow them around everywhere, every place, every time, all the time and keep a law controlling them. Now, I remember being in the sixth grade. My sixth grade teacher that year happened to be the principal of the elementary school. So he was always leaving our classroom and going to the office. And every time he had to go down there and do something, he would say, y'all stay in your desk and you read the next chapter. That was the law. Stay in your desk, read the next chapter. We being unborn again sixth graders would post some girl at the door to watch. And we did not stay in our desk and we did not do our work. And we were running wild in the classroom until... We heard, y'all know what we heard. Teacher's coming. We hear a pin drop in that class. See, we were law controlled. We were being controlled by the law. But as soon as your mama turns her back on you, as soon as you look up and down the street and the police aren't there, 
As soon as you feel like you won't be caught, then out comes that sin nature. The only way to live successful in life is be born again. The only way for you, because you can't, don't. Now, I wish you could don't, but you can't don't. Because you're going to do it. You're going to do it. So you can't be enough law controlled. And we've talked about it for years in this church. We can't hire enough policemen to police everybody in America. We got to depend on the vast majority of Americans being a Christian. See, for our nation to work like it works, the vast majority of Americans have to be Christian. Our, our nation is set up on the premise that this is one nation under God. Now, most everybody here is going to not steal. They're not going to lie. They're not going to cheat. Now, we got a police to hire a few thugs that are not Christian that are in this Christian nation that are not Christian, we hire a few police to control their behavior. But we've got to depend on the fact that the majority of Americans are Christians. That's how this works. Well, now over time, we're taking God out of school. We're taking God out of school. Now we get a generation since 1960. We get a whole nother generation that's here. God consciousness has been removed. So here's where we are. You can't control that sin nature. What's going to have to happen in America? What's going to have to happen in America is a lot of people are going to have to get saved. Then when they get saved, we can come back to some type of normal living. When you get born again, you're no longer under the law. That doesn't mean the law's gone away. That just means the law is not keeping you controlled anymore. I've got a new nature. I've got a whole new nature. Now, the remainder of chapter 7, verse 14, deals with this conflict that we face. So the trouble is not with the law, for it's spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I'm all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. It's like he wrote this about you today. I don't even understand my own self. Now, I want to do what's right. I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good, so I'm not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what is wrong, but I, do, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it in a way. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It's the sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? You know, I wish that I could say the great apostle Paul, after he came to the understanding of Christ, he never had to deal with the old nature again, but I can't say that. Nor can I say that about myself. 
nor can any of us say that. We've got a conflict with our old nature. And I understand verse 24, wretched, wretched man that I am. Now, verse 14, the first fact that we understand is the law is spiritual. The law is good. I agree with that. But the flesh is still has sin and has a sin nature there. And, and I, we already just said this. I don't want to go back over it again. But, but the first thing a nation has to do is to set up a system of law and order that will control the sin nature when people's born again nature is not in control. And, and for intelligent people that can read and write, wanting to defund the police has to rank is the most ridiculous thing. It's unconceivably ridiculous. Are you not aware of what the sin nature is capable of doing? And the police have got to be here to protect us from other people's sin nature. I wish we were all born again and saved, but we're not. The next thing that we've got to always know, verse 15, is that we will go against our own wishes. I know I shouldn't eat this, but I reached over and ate it anyway. I, no, I don't need a donut. I'm not eating a donut, except I just ate three. I didn't get a bite. I ate three. No, I'm not. I'm not eating that again. Yeah, I'll take a couple more. You, you wish good, but, but that's not what we do. You, you know, when you get in an argument with somebody, and you never win arguments, people have their point of view, and there's no sense in arguing, but, but when people tell me that there is no sin nature, Tim, I don't even believe in all that. There is no sin nature that we have to be saved from. The simple question is, have you ever babysat? Have you never been around a couple of 18-month-olds? No mama gets in the floor and teaches an infant how to throw a temper tantrum. Have you ever thought about that? Nobody teaches. Now, when you go over there to your friend's house, you jerk the one toy away from him he's playing with. Now, there'll be toys all over the floor. Make sure you get the one he's playing with. See, nobody taught little kids to be selfish, to be mean, to scream, to kick when they don't get their way. We are born with a sin nature. And if you don't believe that, just watch little kids. Now, the next thing that, that I want to make sure that we get out of this Don't underestimate your old nature. And don't ever get to the place. See, many preachers have acted like they were above their old nature, and we see about them on TV. We see about them on TV. The Bible says, take heed if you think you stand, lest you fall. Now, the best thing you can do for yourself in life is be fully aware of that old sin nature that's still down in here. The best thing you can do in your life. And I do everything I can to protect myself against what I know is lurking in here. You're not going to read about me being out of town in a hotel room with a prostitute. You know why? It's not because I'm very strong and spiritual. It's because I take my wife with me. 
I, I know it's the sin nature. And I know in the middle of the night, I'm out of town by myself in a hotel room and some lady knocks on the door and asks, am I by myself and do I want to keep being that way? I'm not going to be in that position because I know the sin nature. I know, let me tell you something. You're not ever going to read about me stealing any money from the church. You know why I can say that? Because I'm not going to touch it. I don't count it. I don't take it to the bank. I'm not involved. Because see, I have read for years and I've seen for years preachers that got in a financial scandal. So no sense in me acting like that would never happen to me. Tim, really you? Yeah, me. I'm not going to be around a whole bunch of cash. Me be really short of money. Nobody looking. I tell you what, this church wouldn't be nothing if I wasn't here. I'm telling you, I'm the best thing. That's, I'll, I'll just get me some. I'm, it's happened to many of them. I don't count the money. I don't take the money to the bank. And if you want to know all of the staff's worst nightmare around here, it's Sean. She is the receipt Nazi, buddy. You don't spend two pennies and all of us get this blanket email. Who, where is the receipt on this? Who spent this money on the credit card? Come on, wave your hands if y'all been the recipient of those emails. Everybody around here, you're going to get an email from her and you're not, it, well, I don't know what, I don't know what I did with it. You'll be going back to that store and have them print you another one. You're not off the hook. If we ever get questioned, Sean can tell you where every penny went and exactly what it was spent on. And not only will she tell you, she'll show you the receipt to prove where it was. See, that system is in place because I am not ever going to be in a place where I, I want to be the biggest giver in this church. I don't ever want to be in a place where I'm tempted to steal money from the church. What am I telling you? You know the sin nature. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been saved. You understand the sin nature and you protect yourself against it. You protect yourself from its effect in your life. You're not ever going to hear about me at a party, got drunk, and hit a guy with a pool cue. You'll never hear that happening to me. How? Because I'm so strong? No, because I'm not going to be at a party where there's a drop of it anywhere. Then I don't have to worry about getting drunk and hitting somebody in the head with a pool cue. Oh, have you, are you, see, you, you protect yourself. And too many Christians want to live like they're free from the law. Jesus forgave them. They're set free from the law. And buddy, they're just out here doing this and doing that and living unholy, ungodly lives. And when it crashes down on them, I can't believe this happened to them. You put yourself in a place for the sin nature to come out. Here's what you can write down. It will. It will. My word to you out of this is understand that old sin nature and understand I got to keep that thing under control. The great man of Paul, God, the apostle Paul, when he says, wretched man, oh wretched, oh miserable man that I am, that's enough for me. If Paul had to fight this, I, I know I got to too. That's why I got safety nets and protections around me to make sure nothing like that ever happens to anything in this ministry, in this church, and in my own life. You, you, you want to do right, but you eat. 
inevitably do wrong. I want to say the right thing and the wrong thing comes out of my mouth. I try to do right, I end up doing wrong. Wretched man that I am, what a miserable, miserable person I am. Who is going to save me? Don't miss next week. It's going to be really, really good. Y'all stand. Boy, if you can't do something with that, you're in trouble next week. I'm telling you, they're coming looking for answers, wretched man that I am. Who? Next Wednesday night, Paul Kern's going to have the answer. Oh, boy. Don't read ahead in chapter 8. I don't want you hearing, I don't want you getting the answer before you come to class. Let him tell you all about it. But you're not obligated to that flesh. The Spirit will come in, dwell inside you, and you can be Spirit-led and not flesh-led. And that's the good news of Jesus. Father, we thank you for saving the wretched person that we are. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free. Lord, thank you tonight that we're no longer law-controlled, but we're controlled by a new nature on the inside of us. Direct and guide us as we live our life following you and live our life pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.